0: It's year four. Today is a special day. Oh, come on, it's our anniversary. Yeah. not one year, not two year, not three year, we're four. So let's get the show started.
1: Hey, what's up? Bitch, what's the motherfucking tigra? girl? We been missing for a while, but we back in the house. Right. What's good?
0: <laughs> Y'all motherfuckers been gone. Not do it. Look, so everybody been hitting me up saying, like, did you fire Z or Mia? Did you... Like, what happened? Why are you doing all these interviews? We love your interviews, but what's going on? I said, them hoes took an unscheduled break. Last time I talked to fucking Mia... She said these motherfuckers done returned her coin and wasn't going to do her. Then all of a sudden, Z is me up a month later talking about, oh, she's recovering. I'm like, what? How? How did we get out of- y'all ain't told me shit about what's happening. So I had to uh, kind of, you know, had get some interviews scheduled so I could have a show for y'all while they were recovering. But I'm glad to see you are live off the operating table.
1: Yes, y'all. Live. And the well, I'm glad to see I'm alive too. Shit, i was scared <laughs> <dead> going in, <laughs> baby. Listen, yeah, I'll, I'll let you guys know the detail in the next <laughs> episode's conference. Y'all know I can go long today,
0: <laughs> so, so we. This is our 4 year that's what our 4 year anniversary show. And so okay. what we like to do for our anniversary shows is to bring one of our listeners on and we have as a co-host and we have Zay. Yes. <laughs> so, tell us about your podcast we thought it was perfect because she is also a podcast host so tell us introduce yourself
2: yes um firstly I'm Zayde. um thank you all so much for having me on the show um y'all are like my like like my go-to I like y'all like my favorite everything like generally um like y'all really inspired me to like start my own podcast and so I'm like super excited to be here Um, But my podcast is um, called Black to the Future, and it's available on all, you know, podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, you know, all that stuff. Um, We just had our one year anniversary like a little while ago. So congrats i was i was gagged i was just like oh we made it a whole year like oh my god like we can do this <laughs> like i was really gagged um so i want to i want to thank y'all for being that inspiration um i've had i've had uh Zaheer on the on the podcast too so thank you Z, for being on the show as well um and I do other things too. Like I have an Instagram live show called Lost in Translation, where I just talk to various trans, GNC, non binary folks about their life and experience. And me and Z were actually on that too. So yes. that was really great as well. Um, so that's me in a nutshell. And again, I'm just so happy to be here. Like I literally squeal when y'all ask me, I don't, that's just full tea. Like I squealed. And then I called my friends and I was, I was crying. I'm not even going to stop. I'm like, Oh, so just thank y'all so
0: much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We we just when they brought you up, I was like, I was not why her in the sense of like, Shay, why her? But in the sense, like, why are y'all picking her? And they were very like, she she has a podcast. She interviewed us. She had great questions. She just have great energy. And I was like, yes, I want her. Let's go. Let's do it. Give her the questions. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. So I am just, oh, I am so excited about us on being on this journey for four years. It is, is so wild to me. So let's hop into these questions.
2: Of course. And congratulations on this being y'all fourth year. I hope y'all have many more going forward, maybe even blow up into like a radio show or something crazy. I would love to have. That was very bad. But the first question that I have is, what's been your favorite moment of the year? So that's pretty general. But what's your favorite moment of the year of all the episodes and stuff?
3: I guess it's when somebody tried to. We recently talked about somebody tried to basically come for all of us over a disagreement, and basically they fucked up. <laughs> and basically Diamond called them out on the anti-blackness for
2: receipts and stuff. So I would say that's my favorite. I, I did love that episode. I was just like, y'all was just like, it's not this, it's not this, it's not this. And that was like, you know, all
0: words. And I was just like, <laughs> I it. It was so great. That I mean, that was the moment. <laughs> it was a moment Um, one another that was going to be my answer but since Z stole it (laughs) I'm um, going to pick something else I really really I I really enjoyed like interviewing people and of course i love being on the show with me and z on our regular show but when i interview people it really showcases other people because y'all hear from us every motherfucking week you know i'm saying so when i when i'm able to interview people i get to introduce y'all to somebody in the community that may not be like some superstar or somebody that you might not know or you know somebody who is um um you know just in the activist world that may not be like you know, Laverne Cox, Jenny Mark, da, da, da guy maybe somebody who you know um, st- popular in in that particular industry so I really really enjoyed my interview with um Dominique Morgan I enjoyed I enjoyed that it was a current topic about the little boy who was you know who they put they shaved the gay in his head mm-hmm. in his hair um and and really giving some nuance about Performative activism. There are a lot of people who perform activism like, oh, I want to do this and I want to step up to the plate without actually thinking about a plan and thinking about um, the consequences of them performing this in the way that they are Mm -hmm. just for clout, for, um, you know, for some type of you know, click and, oh, I'm talking about this and I want to be the one who nobody is helping and I'm going to step up and do the helping. And then when you really actually can be harming people because your intention it has nothing to do with the care. Your intention really has more to do with you positioning yourself as this permanent um, activist. And, and now the activism has turned into something where people can get some coins off of it. It, it Sometimes it's really just as performative as white people trying to do um, diversity and inclusion work but not really being invested in diversity and inclusion or dismantling the racist system it's the same thing it's like you really you, and it, it can be a wolf in sheep's clothing because you look at them and they're in your community and it can look like oh they're, they're acting like they're performing this work like they care but they don't care enough to actually do the work and make sure that it's the least um, it's the most positive impact and the least amount of harm in the situation. And so I enjoy the nuances of, of our conversation in regards to that. I loved it, it was amazing. I love my interview with Dominique Morgan. If I would have picked what Z said, cause I, I love, you know, I'm a messy ass bitch and I like reading it. But, but if I'm gonna pick a positive note, it would be my interview with Dominique Morgan. Um,
2: thank you, I, I love that one too. Um, I think it's very important, especially, um, you know, post this current Black Lives Matter, I suppose, like, how everyone turns into, like, I'm gonna stand up for what's right now. looks like, you could have been doing that before, but now you're gonna start doing it now, and then you're gonna not carry it through the rest of whatever you want to do. It just, like you said, just Mm -hmm. it's like, it's false. I just don't like it. Like, just if you're gonna do it, do it. If you're not, just you know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's so true. No. I love y'all answers. So thank you. What was your favorite moment? My yeah. favorite moment? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I did love y'all reading her on that one episode. I'm sorry. That's, I know that's like a huge consensus. <laughs> that was so fun. It, it should have been so fun. I think my favorite, I think I mentioned to you this right before we started Diamond, is that I love the interview with Maddie. And, um like the episode with maddie is all was just like it was clear it was concise it was it was so authentic and that's what i love about you in general but also i love about maddie too like it's just so clear and right to the point like this is what it is and i'm so proud of her as well for having like grown and developed and you know in this way when she has this huge platform now so i'm so proud of her in that way too yes definitely but well, actually, my favorite overall—I'm just gonna throw this in there—to my favorite overall episode is the one that happened like right after y'all first year anniversary, when when Mia shifted her legs and crossed in her tuck, like snatched her back and <laughs> and you know, crying like. laugh. Whenever I feel horrible, I literally go back and listen to that two minute snippet on that episode. I think it's like episode fifty four. <coughs> Whenever I feel like my life is fucked up, I'm just like, I'm gonna listen to this because I'm gonna cry because it was so funny. Uh, <laughs> remember that?
1: I don't even. I, I'm always doing goofy stuff. I don't even remember that part. What did I do?
3: You you. So it's called when text attack. Yes. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Out of nowhere, you just said, "Oh, my text
1: burn. <laughs> oh, Jesus! <laughs> listen. Okay, I remember now. I remember. Ew.
2: It was so funny. I was like, this is the most relatable shit I ever heard in my entire life. Because I like, for me personally, I teach kids um, music lessons da, 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 and stuff like that. And so sometimes like when we used to be in person, you would cross your legs and shift and then they just sit in there and then all of a sudden the pain happens and you can't let your face show it and you just be like,
4: whoo, shit, up on the screen. scream. Like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it was so relatable and I just love that moment. So yeah, tux me. They're not, not cute.
0: Not for the faint of but. Oh my God. I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my
2: Has any of y'all's perspectives changed over time over the last few years that you have spoken on different episodes? So, like, different ideas you may have had previously have they changed over time?
1: So, and this may be like kind of a gag for people, but y'all know that I'm so outspoken about being trans, and y'all don't give a fuck. Like, I'll tell a cat, the Uber driver, that I'm trans just to have a conversation because y'all know I like to like see why people think the way they think and try to get to the root cause of it. And maybe like there may be some way I can educate and help turn that negative into a positive. If there is some stigma, but that was an episode where I was talking about, uh, we were talking about Sydney star and um the respectability politics in the community and how, um, A lot of everybody's been saying for years, oh, she's not a good representation. Blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, well, OK, well, you know, she's been in more places and cis-hat places than a lot of trans women. I know a lot of trans women that I know uh, only stick to the gay side because it's easier and it's more acceptable. So if you feel like there's an issue with her, her being in those spaces, why mm-hmm. don't you try out for those parts? Why don't you put yourself in those spaces? Because they're not easy to be in. So I said, you know what? Let me follow my own advice. <laughs> and I went in, I applied to a very well known um, bottle girl agency here hmm. in Houston. They, they make like a thousand a night and a uh, four thousand a week if you hustle, right? And girl, I got the hustle. So I was <laughs> like, let me go see what I can do. Because, y'all know, I just got, um, I got let go from my job when I got COVID. Mm-hmm. So um I've been looking for a new place to, to work. So I went and there was like over a hundred girls who applied like like in the building. But I didn't work behind like music videos and stuff and when girls are being chosen. So I knew what to give. So I kept baby, I had push through <laughs> the, the the category was calling for all black. I knew the girl was gonna be boring, it was gonna be dry. They were going to look like workers. Baby, I pushed through with this see-through mesh, one piece with some clear heel. Baby, I, when I had went inside, it was like, damn. <laughs> Move. <laughs> was,
4: but,
1: but listen, that's what I wanted to give. I wanted to give like, set, especially since I'm a trans woman, I wanted to set myself apart from everyone. Mm-hmm. And so I had been in um, recently, I had been in a predicament at the strip club where they said, they don't allow trans women, right? I don't know if y'all remember that. And so, okay, let me let me bring it around. Okay, okay. I'm trying to. That. <laughs> <laughs> at least he's like, uh huh. Uh-huh, okay, okay. So let me get back to the the meat the meat and potatoes. Okay, so it was about a hundred girls there. We did like three rounds. I ended up getting chosen by the last round. They said we had the job. I'm like, yeah, bitch, I'm getting job. <laughs> I'm making a thousand new week. I got this. So they said, okay. A well, a night. <laughs> so they say, okay. Well, we're ready for you guys to do. Um, come. You come in your bikinis and some teeny shoes. Now I don't got a sex shirt. so yeah. this had kind of like alarmed me. And baby, the way my tucks be set up, <laughs>
2: <laughs> which we just discussed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Listen. So I'm like, oh Jesus. Diamond had told me one time about duct taping and shit, but I was like, girl, I don't know how to do the adhesive and. Grab it. I'll probably be done. Don't take myself together and had to go to the emergency room. So <laughs> not without the question. So I'm on it. I thought okay, let me let me get to it. I went to the place with my bikini, my bikini on. And when I got into the door, I see a client that I had before sitting by the owner. And mind y'all, y'all know I've been in this situation before where you told them you was trans. When, so. well, oh, yeah. And I told them that I was trans before. So, but, but, OK, so let me back up. When I was at the building um, auditioning, I told them I was trans. When I seen the 100 girls, I was like, you're trying to go through all these girls and then them say that I can't do it because I'm trans. So mm-hmm. I was like, I put the lady to the side and I, I let her know. I said, hey, you know, I'm a trans woman. Do you all accept us? Because I don't want to waste my time. And she was like, "Girl, I wouldn't even have known if you wouldn't have told me. I wouldn't even told nobody until I got the job." Come on, come on! There's <laughs> nobody can preach to this little girl. I've been preaching I this for
0: years.
2: Listen. That's how you get in. If you get in, just get in. Then you can
1: pick <laughs> it up later, right.
2: like you push through. Then after that.
1: <laughs> right. So y'all know my motto, bro. Y'all know how to be fucked. So And then I'm if they gonna... fire you, after you get the
0: job, you can sue their motherfucking ass now. That's why you do that. Get the job first. Cause if you don't get the job, you can't sue them for not picking you. If you get the job and then they fire you
1: after, you can
0: say, ah,
1: lawsuit. Word out. Fiend? Right. So y'all know how my brain works. My brain don't work like that. My brain works like bitch. Accept me from the gate or don't accept me at all. <laughs> you talk to so,
0: your fears. You talk to your you fears.
1: <laughs> and, and so, she was just like, she was a, she was a, um, she was a black, she was a black girl, a cis woman. And she was really sweet. She was just like, you could tell them at the interview, but I wouldn't. I mean, you do what you want to do. Mind you, at the end of the night, she ended up being the manager of the bottle girls. She was like, we don't discriminate or anything. I said, yes, I got a bitch on my team. Because, you know, I, I said if she wasn't on my team, she wouldn't have told me to keep it to myself. She would have said, you need to tell them.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm like, I'm happy. I go to the, um, to the bar, right, to, with my bikini. I see a client sitting by the main woman. The main woman is going to is is going to see everybody. I know that's why she's there. She wasn't at the main casting call, but she's at the second one. And so as I see the client, y'all remember that incident where I was at the restaurant and the client spilled my tea and I lost the opportunity working at the strip club as a hostess. Mm -hmm. This goes all in my mind. The client sees me, who is a well-known promoter here in Houston, goes and talks to the manager. Says of Darryl Wilde, and then he comes back to me, and he, you know, you know how somebody tried to avoid contact? He, he tried to avoid contact. He looked at me, and he rolled his eyes. But I'm like, bitch, I got the job. You can't hurt me, ho. But as she asked, they tell us to put on our swimsuits and get ready to do this lineup so we can do a little one-two. They put on music so we can do this audition that we don't have the job, and actually they're going to still be making cuts all of a sudden. So now we don't have... Remember, they said we had the job, but now we don't. Now, now they're it's still making day. cuts. This is another day. This is another day. But. Right. And so I'm like, bitch, why all of a sudden it changed? Y'all know, I, you know, I, you got to be on on top of things. So now I'm, I'm overanalyzing everything. So they line all the girls up. We're all like, we're all, put, you know, trying to give each other good energy. We're lotioning each other down. Oil, bitch, so we ain't ashy in front of them because they... They got two niggas that's on live and they got um, Too Sexy by Drake playing. So each girl go around the little bar. When it's my turn to go, I look to my right at the bar and I see two of the men who are like who who work there, actually three, two of them have their head down in laughter like this. (laughs) And then one of them, like when I when I look at them, you know how when you catch somebody in mid laugh? And they try to hold their lips together like this so it doesn't look like they're laughing at you. Mm-hmm. That's all I need to know. And I walk completely out. Anyway. I walk smooth the fuck out and went home. And and so I'm saying that to say that I understand how hard it is to be in cishat spaces and to operate in them as a trans person um, out loud. And I had took all my trans stuff off my IG i um I'm no longer like letting people know up front that I'm trans because so many opportunities have been taken away from me because of it and i i'm thirty I'm about to be thirty two so I've been loud and proud about being trans for most of my life, and it just was it it's real- it was really heartbreaking to go through that at a old at an older age over and over over and over and and it's not that I'm not like. I'm not here for my girls, and I'm 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 trying to be stealth. I'm just not going to give people the opportunity to take things away from me anymore.
3: As much, and so
1: that's something that has changed me being so loud and 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 vibrant about it. And I'm not saying that the girls that are are doing it do your thing, do your shit, be you. Like if that's who you are, but I've decided that I'm just going to tone it down a little bit. So that's something that changed for me.
0: I think you have to be selective. I don't think like in spaces that you control that you should have to hide it. But in what we have seen in history, particularly in the past, people who have broke down the doors, barriers that we um, have had when we talk about Tracy Africa, when we talk about um, Ajita Wilson, when we talk about these women who had these opportunities because they were stealth there are going to be some doors that you get in because they don't know and then they can find out when you're there but you got to get in the door it's like a trojan horse sometimes you got to do the trojan horse to win the war you feel what i'm saying you got to do the horse and so um you know that's how i feel about it it's about it's about being selective like i I don't talk about, you know, we, I've talked about this many times. I, I've gotten fired for being trans. So that's always a worry. So when I go to a regular, regular job, I am not ever, 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 ever going to talk about my transness for the rest of my life. I am not. Now, if you find out about it later on or you find out about it in another kind of scenario, but at work, at my job, during an interview, while I'm at work. My transness has nothing to fucking do With this fucking job And so I'm not gonna talk about my transness Even if I'm asked directly I am not talking about transness at all Does this have to do with Like when I was at Bath and Body Works What does transness have to do with this? I'm a manager of this store Does the store look nice? Do you have all the products that you need? Is your, did you get out of this line fast? Like, that's what we're worried about. My transness has nothing to do with that. So I'm not going to discuss it. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to let other people talk about it. That's disrespectful, sexual harassment. I don't want to have any conversation have to do with that. And so I'm very selective. I don't want to say that it's not about me not being proud of being trans. I'm proud of who I am. But I know that I don't live in the utopia. I know that I live in a world where it can bring me harm. So I have to be selective on who I think deserves that part of that side of me.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And I appreciate you sharing Mia because I think it's really important that we always talk about disclosure. I don't like repeating it over and over again, but Diamond's right. It's in the idea that you have just gotta be selective. You gotta be able to get in the dough to be able to do anything. And you know, I think it's people might find it to be deceptive and you know deceiving, but in real life, regular regular everyday people don't deserve that kind of access to you. they don't have to tell you about themselves at all
1: yes, so ma'am.
2: Just the fact that we have to be like, oh, I'm going to tell you everything about me, but you don't have to tell nothing. You're not going to tell me anything about you. It's just like this out of balance thing. And they just like, they have the entitlement and the right to know everything about me. And that's just not how things supposed to go. It's like, do I do the job well? That's, that's the point blank period. That's
0: like what it is. Do I do the job though? Well? And then it's yeah. almost like you're investing on them being a good person. here, Right. It, it, where you're at, where, where you were, like, I don't know where you're going now, but but where you were, it's like, if I be up front with you, I'm hoping that you're going to be a non-transphobic, fair. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. hoping that my beauty, you put in this particular situation, your beauty, because it's a bottle girl situation. Um, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that my beauty is, is enough for you to treat me fairly. Da, 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 da. But that is for me. I'm a cynic. I am, to the core, I try to be positive as performatively, (laughs) I try to be positive performing that, but I am a cynic to my motherfucking core. I don't feel (laughs) like everybody has a good heart, and particularly around being not racist, particularly around being not transphobic, particularly around being not a homophobe. When it comes to those things, I think because it's so ingrained in the culture, that. Being transphobic, homophobic, racist, <laughs> sexist is the default. And I'm going to expect the default. So if I'm going to expect the default, I'm going to change how I interact with the world. And so I, I'm not going to expect you to be transphobic. and I mean, should be trans affirming and inclusive and fair just based on me being honest no that just means I'm exposing myself and I'm exposing me to your potential and more likely transphobia
1: (laughs) that's so true because I I honestly thought that um, my looks and my privilege would
0: you thought that colorism (laughs) was going to
1: like, hey, hey! <laughs> did. but it no shit, no fucking shade. It did because when I looked at the roster of girls, there was dark skin girls there, it was mainly light skin pretty girls that they chose. The majority, it was, uh, it was the but that trans,
0: of them. you that transist came in and said, uh-uh.
1: "No, ma'am." Uh-uh. <laughs> no, ma'am. <laughs> right, but, but they didn't. They didn't. They didn't deny me. They didn't deny me. They didn't say I, I couldn't. They didn't. Exactly. Say I didn't have it. I just, just gave not I gave up, and I couldn't deal with the scrutiny of being taunted in my face. I, can't, I I'm. I'm tough, but I'm not that tough as far as like mentally. Like I'm. I got anger issues. I ain't gonna lie. And
0: so, <laughs> notice how she looked at me. <laughs> she be. She. It sounds like she be gaslighting you. <laughs>
1: I, can't. <laughs> I do. Because we were just talking about this last night. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, I ain't and so I'm I'm showing accountability. I do. And so like they have burned my positive core when I seen that. You laugh. You had y'all laugh at None of the girls, but when I come up, bitch, and I had the most body out of all the stick figures. <laughs> y'all wanted to laugh at me. <laughs> no, but yeah, it is what it is. And I'm I'm excited about my new journey um, that I'm in, embarking on. Let's
3: we'll see how it works out. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, I would say a perspective of mine that's changed is I recently was talking about um, how I felt about marriage and stuff and I thought it was played out and stuff. I don't feel that way no more. I feel like that's something that is a rare find these days, actually. So... Actually, I'm like, hmm, there's actually nothing wrong with marriage. At first, you know, I was like, you know, I forgot what episode, but I was like, uh, it just seems played out for me. Like for young people in my generation, a lot of uh, that's true Uh, for a lot of us to do. We don't believe in it no more. So, like, I think that's changed for me
2: well i'm happy that perspective has changed at least (laughs) hopefully for the better hopefully for the better
0: Um, yeah i I thought he was gonna you know because their anniversary revolves around our podcast anniversary Hmm. i thought he was about to go into a proposal that would have been so romantic (laughs) but you know you i you know that's just dreaming or whatever but I thought that was what was about to. Happen. I'm so disappointed, but I'm glad that you <laughs> changed your
2: mind. I, I'm still optimistic. Maybe in a future episode, like I'm not gonna discount it. You know. I mean, that was obviously hinting at something.
3: <laughs>
0: so all right, and hey, there we have it.
2: <laughs> well that' well. We that's great I'm happy that y'all are talking about disclosure and visibility so obviously with visibility comes a hell of a lot more issues than people coming for you we are talked about that girl who kind of comfy uh, on the one of the episodes so and I would like to know how do y'all have, have y'all dealt with you know people having so much to say about what y'all do and who y'all are so how do y'all manage that from like this past year particularly since it was COVID and all that stuff so how do you manage that like your mental health and
0: stuff that actually was the first time somebody really really yeah that was the first time somebody really was trying like a a campaign I'm gonna post this and you know what I'm saying? that was the first time some usually we get a lot of fucking love though and, and and that's intentional like I I really um engage with people that I like if you on my motherfucking page and my page or a Play, plate and you doing too fucking much, I block you and delete you. I don't sit, I don't sit um, and I, I, it's a dictatorship. <laughs> if I'm gonna keep it real, it's a dictatorship. You're not gonna come in and talk to us any kind of way. It's not about having opposing views. You can have opposing views, but you are gonna deliver those views in a way that is appropriate and respectful to us. So you can't come to our page and just be extra and you bitches is this, and I don't like your tone. And bitch, we decide the tone on our shit. Like we decide what tone we're gonna give. Like for, oh, perfect example. Recently, I posted a, a um a little meme or what I don't know what you would call it, but a little meme that said that Caitlyn Jenner was a woman of um white man experience mm. in regards to you know how she is navigating her political sphere in regards to her life. Um, And so somebody was offended by that. And in that situation, cool, you can be offended, but it's the truth. (laughs) And we are talking about Caitlyn Jenner and not you. We're talking about and that is what Caitlyn gives, you know, we know that her 65 plus years of living as a rich white man informs (laughs) her experience, everything that she does, her politics and everything that she does to disenfranchise or add to the bucket of disenfranchisement of trans people in this country. We don't want to say it just her, but mm-hmm. she's adding to that conservative right-wing anti-trans bucket. And so because all of that is informed by her history. And so somebody was coming on the page and being, um, to me, disrespectful. And so you, go- I'm going to delete you, and I'm going to block you, and then you don't have to worry about being disrespected about us because you won't see our trip. So cool. And it's not about hold me accountable, but hold me accountable in a way where you have you're explaining the wrong. (laughs) You weren't explaining it because nothing that you were saying made sense and relevant to what I said. So that was one moment. But usually most of the time, most people are really, really supportive and, you know, and if they are even in disagreement, they said, well, I think of it like this. And, you know, I disagree. Oh, I don't fuck with what Donald was talking about or I don't fuck with what Mia was talking about. But, in a, I just disagree. And my point is blah, 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 blah. I keep that. That's I love that. That's feedback. That's um, that's a community conversation. Right. But we rarely have had somebody um, just like try to undermine our in- integrity in the way that girl did. Mm-hmm. How usually Well
3: well, there's been for me, I felt like I've seen a lot of people say stuff about me, especially in regards to me and her relationship. Like I've seen some critiques as far as that, but um, I'm a sensitive person, so it makes me feel some type of way like what? this like, year, this year. no. Um, not really this year, because yeah. we haven't really been open, but, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Now my way is just minimizing looking at comments on my stuff. <laughs> so, I don't know. That's how I do it. <laughs> I just don't be looking. I just don't be looking.
2: I think it's better to shield yourself and protect yourself and preserve your own peace. Cause I, 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 I fully never understood the idea of like I don't like this, so I'm gonna follow it. None of that makes sense to me. Never. This, this bothers me. This makes me uncomfortable. Unless you're trying to actively learn. That's one idea. But if you just don't just you hate all the time and disagree and fight, what's the point? So yeah.
1: there's literally people who do that. Like, I don't know if you like if y'all have had this happen to y'all, but like like on your on individual like personal social media, like like say for instance you post something that's controversial or something. It is always that one person that don't don't like don't ever comment on nothing else. But on that one post, they got the most negative things to say. And on every post that they post like that you post, the, every time they comment is something negative. And it's just people that's like that that just wanna wanna battle and wanna to exchange that negative energy so that you can feel the way they feel, however that may be.
0: I call them the contrary Marys. I delete them. If every time every time you post something, a bitch is being contrary to you and that's the only time that they post it's never in agreeance, it's never in to show you love, it's always to be contrary, delete that bitch. That bitch whack. Delete her, get her off your shit, block her, because she a hater. That bitch a hater. Get the fuck off. Or also that's one thing Or a bitch who always trying to one up you If you post something about your experience And a bitch say "Oh, oh, Oh I went I took a trip to Um the Bahamas. Oh, girl, I went to Barcelona and da 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 da. Or or, or you say, um, man, I had this fine ass nigga that come to talk to me, try to holler at me at the Wendy's today, and he was so cute. Oh man, I it was two dudes at the Burger King that tried to holler at me. If anytime you see a bitch trying to one up you every time, delete that hole. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
2: Navar, <laughs> <That part>. hello <music> so i guess another thing i kind of wanted to um i guess ask about i don't know if y'all had a chance to actually talk about this um but obviously lana's ex did the pregnancy thing and i wanted to know particularly in Z's situation, how you felt about it, because there was lots of different discourse around it. And since I'm not an atheist person, I was kind of just mute on it, because it's like, I'm like, it doesn't affect me and impact me directly in a negative way. But that's just my own personal opinion. So I just wanted to know, particularly from Z, how that situation felt to you
3: um yeah, i thought it was weird i saw people even arguing about that i don't know i really don't care i'm not a little nice x-fan but that's how i felt about it i don't care <laughs> it don't got nothing to do with me he's an entertainer i expect
2: him to troll and do what he did yeah he's definitely an expert at trolling like they think they're gonna beat him at this internet shit and they not go beat him so i don't know why they keep trying <laughs>
1: they might because you just said the other day that he 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 was I think he said he wanted some pussy or
0: something. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah, he was He like, said this gay shit is getting old. I miss pussy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you you you're not gonna win and but I, could I rebut on that um yeah. on his question? <laughs> yeah. Um I actually went and got my when I I had to do like four blood draws. Like I mean, i flew done blood draws, but um, I had to do labs like four or five times. And the last time I did it, um, my nurse was um telling me how she felt that it was wrong that he he was doing that. She didn't go into depth, but I was like, I had stopped her before she started to like offend me even more because um, the way I view it from the trans men that I've seen that have been um, pregnant and. They've shown people, um, specifically black trans men, because the white trans men, they don't seem to be that as much harsh. But but black trans men who are, are open about their pregnancy or they show pictures and stuff, they get so much hate and, and so much negative comments. Mm-hmm. And so like to see like how people were just offended by just a belly, a belly. They know that he can't get pregnant, but people were offended by that. Mm-hmm. It kind of made me see how. People would view a trans man who was pregnant,
4: mm-hmm.
1: and, but even though he's a cis man, it is still—I can't explain it. It kind of—it kind some, of
3: some trans men were offended by it. They were saying mm-hmm. they felt like he was mocking them or whatever. I don't know. I thought that that conversation happening was strange, but I mean, I never been pregnant, so I guess that's why I, I don't. Really. <laughs> it
0: was, was given anti-blackness for me. I can't. Oh! I can't um, I can't speak to whether somebody should or should not be offended by it, um, but um, the black trans man he's coming on a show that I really love listening to is Caden um, um, Kaden. Coleman. Kaden. He'll be on the show, Caden. Mm-hmm. He'll be on the show um, mm-hmm. soon, and um, I, I loved his position on it. He was he wasn't on that. He he called out the anti blackness of the situation mm-hmm. because. And the and the fake like shock of a uh, shock of the cis hats because it's not the first time somebody has you know put on a fake belly as a as a man and pretended to be pregnant. We got movies. We got you know a lot of people have already made the point of there's movies. There's all kinds of stuff about a man fantasizing and doing um, getting pregnant about the fantasy of if they could get pregnant. <laughs> and really, really recently. Um, James Charles, who has more followers than Little Nas X, all of a sudden, nobody remembers James Charles' pregnancy picture. But when little a black boy does it, now all the white or white-adjacent trans men, because I didn't see any black men. I, I'm not saying that they didn't exist, but I didn't see them. Um, black trans men um, making this big issue about it. It was mostly the white ones. And so, not saying that that's it. But, um... But it felt like, oh, it felt like anti-blackness. You picked the black boy to be, to go up against and to da 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 But when just a few weeks ago, the white boy that did it, it was nothing. It was quiet and silence. Y'all didn't talk about it at all. Like, literally. And you then now all of a sudden, oh, I don't even know who James Charles is. Uh, he has more followers than... Then little Nas X and he just had a he be having scandals and blah 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 blah. People he'd be trend and do all that shit, but all of a sudden you don't know who he is. I don't know, it just seems really, really selective and convenient that you don't know who Chain Charles is when somebody called you out about you you doing you Outraged about little Nas X. So it just felt like anti blackness on a level. I, you know, anybody can be offended. That, that's not my ministry. So I can't tell you who can't be offended. But it felt like looking at what was going on, it felt like a reach. <laughs> and it felt like somebody, some anti blackness. This is a black boy that y'all want to attack, but y'all ignoring all the many other situations. I think personally, like I said, I'm not AFAB, but I feel like there was a way to have that conversation and bring that up in the context of little Nas X without attacking him about it. You, and, and once again, I can't tell people how to be offended or what to do. I'm just saying what I would have done. It would have opened up the conversation for me to have about trans men being pregnant, men who birth people, you know, in, in, in regards to how we, do, you know, how we engage with abortion in regards to how we engage with healthcare around birth rate and da. I would have opened up the conversation without saying, oh, I'm offended by him. He is making a mockery of trans men because that literally it just wasn't that it was literally it, it was literally him, a metaphor of him birthing his first album. It was clear as day. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it was pretty clear, too.
2: I was like, oh, OK. And then not to give him any kind of like scapegoat or nothing like that. But I remember um, Got Mick, who was on season 13 of Drag Race, you know, trans man who does drag, like they're some kind of acquaintances or something like that. So I feel like at this stature and this level and the place that he has, I feel like he might've consulted, you know, Got Mick and asked them. That's just my thought process, how I would've did. like, should I do this? You know, but the metaphor is still there and I wasn't taken aback by it, but again. It wasn't for me to be offended by, so.
3: Yeah, I, 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 didn't, I didn't even know none of that was happening. All I saw was I, I saw some people talking about it and going back and forth. I didn't even really listen. I was just like, oh, okay. So, I mean, that's bound to happen when people go viral in that way. So I was just like, okay, this was what comes with the game of that of the situation. So, but as far as me, I was just like, Okay. 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 <laughs> do what you wanna do? Oh, wow. That's how I feel about it.
2: So this whole year and then some, unfortunately, have been affected by the pandemic, and you all have been doing your show virtually. So, like many other things, is it different doing it in person? Which y'all prefer? Are you gonna go back to being um, like in person at some point in time? Maybe, hopefully, sort of, kind of.
3: Well, that
0: one could go first. <laughs> um, well, they come to my house, so I like seeing them. It's, it's you know, they're like my children. <laughs> so, so I like seeing them on a weekly basis. Um, I, I think the COVID thing really opened me up, not necessarily um, made that a particular issue. It just opened me up to we wouldn't have had all these interviews that we've had if covid hadn't happened because i was so adamant about being in person and feeling the community vibe in person with people that most of in our before covid most of the interviews that we did were people who were either local or who had traveled to houston and came to my house and recorded and so it was never like remote and so the Madison thing wouldn't happen. Like all these things because of it was COVID that made me kinda adjust to interviewing people remotely because I always wanted that in person vibe. Cause I don't it's just something about it that's more authentic and fun. And, you know, it I just always wanted that. Um and then yeah, I think it's the same thing with us when we when we when it comes to us being um in person. I think that it is just fun and You know, not that we don't have fun. We're used to it now because we've been in COVID for so long. But yeah, it's it's it just I feel like it's it's funner to record in person with each other.
1: Yeah, I agree. I completely agree
0: well I
2: hope, I hope that y'all get back in the beat together <laughs> you know it's not it's not that um it, it changed it for me as a listener it just made it just always apparent that like oh we're still in covid and da. you know like miss rona she's still here and people not taking it seriously tight-tease. so that was just me and I, I just know being in person just brings like i was talking about this certain level of energy camaraderie this community closeness so i hopefully that'll be an option in the future.
0: And sound quality is better when it's in person because we have like mics and all that kind of stuff that's that's better. Very bad.
2: Um, so I wanted to ask about the episode where Mia's dad was on because I thought that was a really great episode particularly for me as like another trans woman who has a strange relationship with my own personal father so um, I wanted to know um, what kind of brought you the courage to have him on the show Mia. I've only probably met my
1: father probably like Five to six times in my life Um, um, prior to him breaking up with my mother um, Mm -hmm. when I was about five or six. So there's a lot of questions that I had, a lot of things that I wanted to know about him or just. There was questions that I wanted to ask him that not that I was afraid of. I was a little intimidated. Based on his past and ours um but like with the whole- like meeting him again recently, the whole change and um'm not just meeting him just over the years he's he's become he's intentionally trying to be an ally, whether it's performative or not it's it was it's beautiful to see because he doesn't have to,
4: uh-huh.
1: and so. I, I, I thought that it was the perfect time to ask him the questions that like the in-depth questions I really wanted in, in a way, um, hold him accountable, accountable for some of the things. And so I thought that it would be a perfect time to have that. And just to show, um, other black trans women that it's possible to try to mend your relationships. Um, and I thought I thought that was I thought that was a really good thing to do because a lot of times we don't see that, especially from our fathers. Mm. Um our mothers are usually the ones that are a little more, more accepting, but our fathers are usually a lot of pushback as um as far as being trans women, um, because of the nuances of society and patriarchy and you know, you get it from the gender reveales. Mm. So we only haven't
0: had Diamond's dad now. Oh, yeah, it's true. I don't talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> I did my Our very first episode of this podcast, period, is <laughs> Daddy lessons, and um, I he doesn't respond to me, it, so it's not a it's not a relationship at all. And but does so, he respond
1: to
0: your brothers? He's not connected to my other my brothers at all my'm my only dad oh yeah we don't have he's not connected to my my younger brothers we don't have the same father
4: right, okay. right, right, right.
0: yeah um even but i do have a brother that is my dad's son that's in Japan but he won't give me his information to talk to him like when i asked him for the information he didn't respond wow. but but my brother on my father's side doesn't talk to him either Oh! No. oh so he's a dick yeah he's a he's like a toxic um he just has a very toxic personality and so i if you listen to the very first episode of this podcast it's called daddy lessons i it kind got, i gotta go through the story of how he just it it went from my mother's homophobia being the reason he wasn't in my life to me realizing that it wasn't just that it was toxicity so um you know I'm an open book, so if there's ever a chance to have them on, hell yeah, I have them on. Um, but um, but I am working on my transphobic brother being on the show, the one that I, oh. that I just re um, you know rekindled with once we you know get we good we in a good place, we're talking more and all that kind of stuff. So I do. Did your
3: dad me. reach out to you when your mom passed away?
0: No, not at all. He reached out to me when when AncestryDNA.com hit him up and said, this is either your child or your parent. Well, based on y'all sharing DNA, this is either your child or your parents. And he reached out to me saying he apologized. He was an idiot. Because
1: he didn't think that you were his. T-
0: was that was Y'all a play that, like. that was a part of that was a part of it but it, it's so many layers you got to listen to that episode to understand <laughs> there's so many layers it was a part of it but it wasn't all of it and so that didn't come to later it was in the early years of my youth it was quite obvious for him and he came to the hospital and all that kind of stuff but for whatever reason as time went on um, that was in question and when ancestry DNA, said hey this is your child <laughs> he was like well clearly since um we don't talk and we hadn't talked since 03 this is obviously you know some real shit and um and he said he Can I forgive him and we had a, a brief conversation for like a week and then it just died and so yeah so yeah it wasn't but if i if i if i get a chance to have them on sure they yeah, have definitely
2: yeah. Uh, I hope I hope you do complete the trilogy. We got Z- we got Z's dad and Mia's dad. We, got, yes. we need to complete the trilogy. <laughs> yes yeah.
1: That would be
0: awesome. I could bring my who I consider my dad, my um my little brother's father on. That'd be cool. Oh, that would be cool. <laughs> I, I get my stepdad. I could bring him on. He'll be he'll be down yeah. as fuck. And he's funny <laughs> as hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I might bring him.
2: No, I would, I would really love to see that. That would be just seeing a trans people have a good relationship with their parents, or some working relationship with their parents is always something that I'm always looking to see. Because so many young girls trans girls literally dm me and be like can you help me i need a mother da da, and all that kind of stuff and they're looking to me and i'm just like girl i'm like a child too what do you mean? like
4: you want me to help
2: you baby like I, but I, do, I i literally do my best to help but um i think it's just so imperative that that we're trying to work on those relationships but it's a two-way street as we all know so yeah you know, like someone some I'm going to have to pull it together and be like, all right, I have to bite the bullet. Mm-hmm. So and then uh, something that was very fun that happened earlier this year, too, was the super straight idea. I'm sure that y'all are. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure they have hence disappeared For some weird reason Because it didn't make any sense And um <laughs> I know that episode Y'all had discussed it quite a bit But um have you Have your thoughts and feelings about it changed it all Probably not But <laughs> about the super straights
1: um, I think the only <laughs> The me. only thoughts Maybe that have changed is that I welcome you super straights Please let me know who you are <laughs> <laughs> I walk I I welcome you to be vulnerable. So
0: that I don't have to treat you accordingly. I don't know. I, I, I don't believe in that. I that that is not um something I believe. I honestly in my heart of hearts I believe every motherfucking body is queer. It just takes the right circumstance and the right person to and the circumstance and comfort and trust and you know for them to explore that side of them. I think I really, if I want to be honest, I think everybody is weird. And the—and it's my experience that has informed that. There is very few times, very, very few times that I have been, there was a dude that I wanted that I couldn't pull. if If I had the time and the space to do it, I haven't had that experience. And when I when I sit and have conversations with people, people that I'm not interested in, when we sit and get to know each other Everybody tells me their business and tells me about how, yeah, I thought about it or oh, I might probably do it if it was like this. I, I, would, I might try it, but it would have to be a situation like this and, oh, yeah, if I went to prison, shit, maybe, da-da-da. It's always some kind of excuse where it's either the circumstances need to be a perfect way or the person needs to be a perfect person. And so, you know, or a circumstance, you know, even, and it, it doesn't have to necessarily be, Dealing with a trans person, or dealing with being homosexual, or, or, or anything—I mean, the, anything that's like a—that's like outside of your cookie cutter vanilla bullshit. Mm-hmm. Every, every time I talk to somebody, it's always a queer element in there. It's always a queer element in there. So I just don't believe that there are no such things as super straight. I think being super straight is performative as fuck. I think everybody is queer. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I I would kind of echo part of that. I don't know if everybody's, I don't know if everybody's queer. I would love that just so people can shut the fuck up and sit down and relax and just be comfortable and people can do whatever they want judgment-free. But one thing that Diamond always says that I tend to repeat to people is that, you know, if you don't want me to be in your bed in your room and be intimate with you, I'm not going to take offense to that. That doesn't bother me. So that's just how I literally think about it. Like, if you don't want me, then why do I'm going to try to force myself onto you? And I think it's always just so important to let have people know, like, if you see me and you like me, that don't change nothing about you. You know, that if, if, if a nigga see me, he won't be. I'm just like, OK, well, you you like what you see. Let's let's go ahead and figure this out. You know, but like if you don't want to get to the bedroom and you don't want to let me in, I'm not going to be bashing on your door to get in. Like, I want to go where I want to.
0: That's, yeah, that's how I feel like. And do I like what I see, motherfucker? <laughs> oh, <laughs> First of all, let's talk about that.
2: Because yeah. they'll show up. we like, I got dick and money. I'm like, yeah, I got both too. So now
0: what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or or, you or you're the you're the one. You're the I've never thought about doing this before, and you're the one. So oh, you should you. be the one that. But you're not the one for me. <laughs> I appreciate it. You, I, I appreciate you wanting me be, to be the one, but I'm not. You're not the one for me. I'm not interested. No, thank you.
1: <laughs> okay. or, they, or, or they'll give in some type of way, like the city's head men, they'll give like, well, you should be honored and privileged that I, <laughs> I, I want to give you this straight dick. <laughs> I, that i chose you to give my straight dick to out of all the the, the booty holes and mouths <laughs> and dicks and stuff i chose you so this should definitely be a privilege for you and you don't want it they are so difficult. A transsexual <laughs> you don't want me you but you don't even because they think that we don't we don't get we don't have access which we do and so yeah, trust
2: me. I'm like, the, thousands of, the thousands of followers I have on Instagram and Twitter are not just a bunch of other trans people and trans women being like <laughs> me I'm Like, let's be very clear: like at least a good stack of those is. is <laughs> thing. So I'm just like, make this make sense. <laughs> but either way, I, I appreciate y'all' answer. Did you want to throw something in there, Z, at all? About the super strength.
3: I don't even remember my perspective on it, but I'm pretty sure it's the same. <laughs> I don't even remember. Uh, I just, yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't. I don't. That's how you feel. <laughs> that's what I'm. Well, that's where I'm at about
1: the majority of shit. I just want you to be open with me, baby. Just be open with me. I don't want. I don't. I don't want to be in your midst. And thinking you an ally you are not that's all, and whether that that be racism, sexism, um all of that, let me know up front that would be nice, since we mm-hmm. gotta let you know that I'm trans up front, let me know that up front, mhm yeah.
2: exactly. So I know we talked a lot about the past and this is the anniversary for four years. So again, congratulations. But I want to, I do want to ask a little bit about the future as it were, because of course the future has important things in, in, um, in store as well. So, Uh, The question I would like to ask, because y'all brought it up on a previous episode about being able to like, what is it, like um, eugenics, being able to pick out like if trans people are going to exist and stuff like that. So we had kind of talked about that on a previous episode. Yeah, that y'all had we like I was there. (laughs) 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 I included myself like I was there. I was there. And y'all had talked about it. And so, I guess you're a listener, you're a listener, you included. Thank you. Um, and so, I, I guess I kind of want to know is like, are is there parts of you that fear being a trans person going forward? Now, the visibility is growing, um, stuff like that. And you know, it, it may feel good to get visibility, but it's a double edged sword. So, is there anything you fear, particularly being a trans person going forward?
1: Yeah. Not, but that's the whole reason why I deleted my transfers off my page, and not saying that I wouldn't be, I wouldn't do things in the community and I wouldn't post things, but but because it has stopped my access, I want to, I specifically want to be in spaces where I'm not supposed to be in, by society standards, and um. I think a lot of us, if we could, we we would try to hide the things that affect our access Um, and not saying that everybody is like, oh, you know, I'm ashamed of what I am. And, you know, I just don't want to be this. But I think there are certain goals and certain things that we want to do in life. And if we could. Take those hindrances away, we would with a majority of us, would I feel like. So, um, I'm, I'm not stealth, but I'm picking and choosing when my transness is is available to people.
4: Mm-hmm. Thank you.
3: Yeah. Honestly, what was the question?
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, is, uh, is there anything that, I guess, gives you fear or, like, gives you hesitation or pause about being a trans person and, like, being visible going forward? Hmm.
3: I will say...
4: um, Safety.
3: Um,
1: Really? You feel unsafe as a trans man?
3: Well, in a lot of situations, yeah. Like, when I went to Egypt, when I disclosed I was trans, I felt really unsafe um, because of their religion and stuff. So... And how they their attitude around it. I felt really unsafe. There was a moment I was sexually harassed too. And so like even at work too, I feel hesitant because I mostly hang around men. So I guess I'm really selective too. Um I don't know. I guess I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm just I've always been just as selective like as Mia. I mean, I've been selective in the way that Mia is choosing to be now. If that makes sense. So mm. like I've always been like that. Like there's been moments where I've been open and visible too. And that's the whole reason why I'm even on the podcast is being open and visible. And also have been open in general. Um, like even with doing only fans and shit like that. I mean, like visibility has gotten me places and but I'm saying like as far as interacting with people that are not like that stuff is not digital and stuff like that like not online like in the real world i'm very careful and hesitant about how i share i've always been that way since the beginning of my transition even worse actually and began my transition so i'm just like just now getting a little more open but i'm still very closed off and i'm just a very closed off person in general so I'm just hesitant about everything. i just hesitant about it. That's just me. That's something I got to work on.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: No, thank you, Diane.
0: Yeah. Oh, so this activist shit is performative as fuck in my life. Mm-hmm. Not because it's not real. It's authentic. But my everyday life, I am in the house. <laughs> If I got to go to the grocery store, I'm going to Kroger's, Walmart, H-E-B, Whole Foods, getting my food. If I want to go to out to eat, I'll go out to eat. My everyday life, I am not coming in contact with transphobia. I'm not coming in contact. I really don't have a lot of white friends, so I'm not really engaging with white people enough to really Have racism just you know? Of course, it's all in our culture, but I'm talking about in like a direct response to a racist person in in my face. That's not happening to me every single fucking day. It'll be some random thing while I'm doing something. I'm just my life is boring as fuck. (laughs) My life is boring. Is I sit and watch my shows on Netflix, sit and text and talk and be on social media in my, my the real world I'm not in any danger <laughs> I am just kind of um, other than the indirect shit happening in the world um, but I just want that to be clear so that's my real life mm-hmm. and the boringness of my real life I actually enjoy I actually enjoy that when I walk down the street my transness is not just just detected like that I I actually enjoy because I like being able to go to the grocery store without any fucking problems. I'm here to get my groceries. I'm not here as an activist. I am here to get my groceries. I am here to, um, you know, get my medications if 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 I'm at the pharmacy. I am here to pick up my sickening ass lace front or my sickening ass wig at the beauty supply store. I am not here to be an activist. Mm -hmm. So I want to enjoy my life how it is. Now, if something comes up that I have to battle, yes, I'm going to battle it. Bam. I'm going to be headstrong. I'm going to be courageous. I'm going to say, you got me fucked up. I'm going to do that. (laughs) But right. Unlike when I was younger, because I was in school. Because I had to, I was forced to engage socially with certain people, with teachers, with students, blah, blah. I was forced in situations where motherfuckers were put in, the, put in my vicinity to be able to bully me, harass me, uh, try to fight me, da, da, da. As an adult, I don't have none of that shit. I'm not engaging with people who fuck with me. I'm not doing that. And so my life now as a 40-year-old is much different than my life at 20 years old. I don't go to the club as much. I don't go to, it's just a whole different life for me in regards to the comfort of what I'm able to deal with. And so I wanted to put, I wanted to say that, first of all, but because I know I need to have a contribution to the world, because I need to, I know that I need to do what is in my skill level and what my comfort level of what I need to contribute to the world changing for the next generation. I choose to do it in a way through my activism. So real life, my, my organization, helping people on the ground, um, Black Trans Women's Inc., my storytelling when it comes to us sharing our opinion here on March's Play. Um, interviewing and, and sharing um, other trans people's story and negative that are in the, that are on the ground right now in the world, whether it be a celebrity actor or it be an activist that's on the ground or something in, in that regards. I want to be able to. My goal is to have an archive of trans people's stories and trans people experiences, so that somebody growing up fifty years from now will, be, will co- go back and look at Diamond Style's work and see. Oh, I learned about this person because Diamond's archive of interviews, Diamond's archive of, you know, I was introduced to this person, this person, this person, or I learned a different aspect of somebody, of a, a trans person that I already knew based on Diamond Styles' work. That is what I'm trying to create. That is what I want to do so that we are. What are we doing now? We're hearing stories about Marsha P. Johnson. We're hearing stories. We Some trans person that we didn't know that contributed this. Some trans person that I want at what's happening between in my life and my decade that I'm uh, intentional about I want you to be able To find it And I want to be able To put it all in one space And that's what I want to do And I want to get paid to do it That's what I'm trying To get grant money To, to be able to do it uh, But um, But I, that's what I That's what I do That's what I love to do And that's what I want to do That's what I want to contribute
2: Yeah mm, Thank you Very Monica Roberts Very that uh, <laughs> Yes <laughs> la la, 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 la I guess in so many words, I'm nervous to leave my home, but I live in uh, Chicago, so it's like, it's not as bad as, you know, other states like Texas, like where you all are, is a little... What? Yeah. You live in Chicago? Yeah. It's
1: not as bad as Texas.
0: She's she's talking about the state of transness. It's trans, as far as, yeah. Like,
2: it's, it's not as bad, so, you know, so I y'all saying that y'all not as afraid I'm just like I would be (laughs) petrified that's just me um because you know what's the age cap now what they do they lower it from 35 to 32 or something like that yeah yeah and so it's like I'm gonna be 31 this year so it's like okay work like so I do wanna make sure people are always knowledgeable and aware and stuff like that. Just they can know what it's like to just trying to, like you was talking about, just existing and being comfortable, just being able to move from one place to another place without encountering transphobia is just a, a magical privilege that everyone doesn't have access to. We shouldn't have to face it just just trying to literally exist, so.
3: Yeah, I remember being in a mall one time with a girl, this was post-transition, and this lady, I was walking by her. This lady had covered her kids' eyes so she couldn't see me. Like, it'd be stuff like that that happened to me. Like, like as like as an AFAP person, when people find out I'm trans, there's a different type of, um, especially with men, there's a different type of energy. Like Like, people just, I don't know, people don't care. Like, people are not intimidated by me at all. Like, there's no, like, maybe some women will be, you know what I'm saying? But, like, the violence is, once I know, and then I'm small, so it's like, once I know you're trans, like, there's a serious certain type of fear for me. Even though, like, even with encountering with Mia and, like, how they treat her, I also know if they were, if they were to find out any way with me, it would be even more turned up. So, like, that's just something, like, I don't walk in fear all the time, but it's something that I'm hesitant about, you know, to like kind of answer your question. Like, that's just something that I'm just on the lookout for. You know, like for the most part, I live stealth and I get through and I have a lot of privilege and stuff and people don't bother me. But it's still something in the back of my head because of my experience within the past few years. Really. So it's like. Yeah, because I haven't been transitioning that long. It's only been, what, six years for me? And so, like, it's been a lot of traumatic situations, mm-hmm. especially being a small man on top of it. So it's just, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. No, and I appreciate you sharing that because I think the, the transmasculine um, experience gets pushed down so much just because you're fat people from the gate. So I think uh, what I usually kind of think to myself personally is that people don't take you know, trans men or trans masculine folks as seriously. And I don't understand why, at least it comes across that way where people are like, okay. And then it kind of just lets it be kind of what it's going to be as opposed to like trans women. They're a little bit more like,
3: they kind of just shrug off your feelings. Like, oh, you a man, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, you a man. So like, just get over it. Like even I've dealt with um, cis gay men like that. Like, for instance, we'll complain about something in the community with how, how gay men incur- and um, engage with us and then they'll be like well you're a man now a lot of y'all try to come in our community and you can't handle it so deal with it like it's kind of just like it's like our feelings are shrugged up like even when I engaged with clients in person they would engage with me a type of way that was violent like they would um try stuff more like they would try to take the condom off even more they would um they they would try to and not really with the with the with the gay men in particular but like with the men that were like straddling the lines like before i got even more passable the ones that would like try to play around or whatever it still kind of saw me as a woman they would try more stuff like they would try to be like i'm gonna get you pregnant like they would just be more violent like in a different way like with men so it's just like when she alert too I'm just as alert because I understand like the violence that men perpetuate, mm-hmm. especially when I was younger. So like, yeah, it's just stuff like that. It's just, it just comes naturally. You know what I'm saying for me? It's not that even though I know I'm passable and I have privilege and stuff, it's still something that I'm fearful of because I don't want nobody to catch me slipping.
1: Yeah, I think, I think and everybody want to be passable and attractive and that's nice. Like it. It's nice to be. It's nice, but like it also for me, it puts you in situations that a lot of people don't talk about. They can go from zero to a hundred real quick if you're not prepared for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: And then that's why I feel the need, to, I felt the need to get license to carry and stuff. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not somebody that I'm very clear minded and clear headed. I don't have anger issues. I don't have, um, I'm very sound minded. I'm not a violent person. So it's just like. That's a motherfucking lie. No. TV tell me
1: how. Yeah, you have no dreams of shooting people. No, it,
3: that, How many dreams you'd have had a shooting people? Uh, that's me defending myself in all those dreams. <laughs> I'm <laughs> serious. like I know about, you. Like,
1: oh, I know about you. I'm just being that shit. Yeah, right so like, I
3: don't know. Like, when people be fucking with me, it just it happens and I just be chilling. Hmm. <laughs> so, like, it's not something that, you know, that I can help. And then me being, again, me being small, it's just, so like, and then in my mind, I'm still AFAB. And so, like, I know that things will escalate quicker if they know I'm trans, like the same with her. So it's just like,
1: maybe um,
3: I just be, I just be on the lookout, regardless mm-hmm. if I'm just going to store some shit.
1: It's crazy, like the violence. I don't mean to drag it, but it's just crazy, like the, like the difference in violence that men choose towards. Like trans men versus trans women, and sometimes it can be the same. Sometimes it can be like them wearing us out. But like for trans men, it seemed like they try to sexually be violent towards them, and they've been sexually violent towards me also. But I, I, it's like the put like they try to put trans men in their in their place, mm. quote unquote, as a fat people, and and like that whole like they try to make us, they try to take our womanhood away from us and put us
2: in our place right yeah like like diamond always says like the patriarch is the grandfather of all this shit and they just think they just run in this whole game but um i want to thank y'all for y'all answers and i guess the last question that i want to ask is if you could have like uh, any guest or maybe two guests on the show you know in the future anybody that you're interested in who would those people be that you haven't had i guess or repeat if you want i suppose there's been so
3: many people that i wanted to have on and they would say yeah okay cool and then i won't hear nothing back from them so i don't care (laughs) i'm just playing (laughs) um, if i could choose somebody i would have oh uh, you go first
1: <laughs> okay <see? laughs> well I'll go first since I've been going first since I um well I actually wanted you on so I'm <gasps> glad we already did this you're here honey so like, well not an interview but like you were definitely one of the ones because I, I just love your spirit I love your energy I, I I love like um just the way you interview also it's really good
4: Thank you. um Thank you very much.
1: You're welcome. Um I I wanted um what's her name? Monroe Bergder- Bergdorf. Um, Bergdorf. Bergdorf. Mm-hmm. I wanted her just because of how she shook up the UK. And I think she's very eloquent. I think that she's very well spoken. And it would be nice to like see like, like an in-depth, like View of like her progression and how she got to where she she is now. Um, I will also I would like to have like a cis head man. I just don't know who a cis head man that is vulnerable and very very outspoken about his um, trans uh, trans attractiveness. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that would be, I don't know who, but somebody.
2: I, I I like that, too. I on my on my podcast, Black to the Future, like every episode that has a number seven in it. Z was one of the people on one of the episodes So seven, 17, 27 and so on. Um, I just interview black men who are attracted to trans women specifically, because I think that's a very important conversation to be having. And, you know, not that they always use the correct language and not that they always know exactly what to say and how to explain shit, but at least they have the ability, you know, the the desire to be able to have the conversation and normalize it for them because a lot of niggas are just like they'll dm you to death but then you know that that will happen so i think it's important for that conversation to be had so i agree
1: with you.
0: now just the history of our show we have had four years of episodes. we have had two trans attracted men on our show two. two so we would love to have more mm-hmm. We uh, there's some men that out here that are kind of doing that kind of work, but sometimes they politics be misogynistic, so I haven't invited them on because they're probably their politics don't align with this shows, <laughs> and they do some that. wild ass shit. Um, there's a couple of people that I'm like, I see them the work that they're doing, and I want them to continue doing the work. There's a whole podcast out there for trans trending Men. but when I listen to the podcast it gets real trans it get real objectifying it get real men talking about transness and really clients sounds like clients talking about trans (laughs) 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 If, if i'm going to be honest and so i haven't invited them on the platform because I, you know, you got to have, you, you got to be at a certain level.
1: <laughs> wait wait a minute, Diamond. What's the difference between a client's conversation about their attractiveness to their attraction to trans people versus somebody who isn't
0: a client? How you talk about it? Mm-hmm. it we can talk about the people that I have had on. They can talk about it outside of the sexuality. We can talk about the emotional, the the um, you know, just the the relationship. If you just talking about how much you love penis and tits and dick <laughs> and how that that is the only reason why that you're in the situation, then I can, it gets weird. It gets real you know, it gets weird when it's just that. And I'm like, you know, I can't yeah, I want you to do your work because y'all need space. Go ahead, do your thing. But coming over here, you need to get a. You need to move out of that. You need to move into another more um, human space where we're more than just tits and dick. <laughs> um, you know, I don't like that. Um, but to answer the question, who would I love to be on the show? Um, the blessing of COVID as well is I have had so many people that I have dreamed of having on this show <laughs> on the show um they are either they they have already been on the show or I've already recorded and it's on the way <laughs> <laughs> um I have had you know from TS Madison like literally there is nobody on my I made a list in 2000 and um nineteen mm-hmm. of people that I wanted to reach out to um to be able to um you know be on the show and there is not anybody on that list that I haven't got. Uh we love a art worker. Come on. Um, mm-hmm. and, oh no no it's two. I wanted to have Trace, White Girl Trace. Oh, Trace, Trace, sickening, yes. I wanted to have um Angelica Ross. So I contacted mm-hmm. both of them, but they their schedule and you know, in regards to that, um, they, they didn't prioritize it. And so it, it, it didn't work. It it hasn't worked out yet. Those two are the only ones that didn't. Now the blessing is that they did respond because we do have a friendship that was before March's Plate even existed before they were even famous. Either one of them before they were famous, we had, we had a relationship. And so, we talk to each other, but their schedules because they are celebrity trans women with a lot of shit going on. Mm-hmm. It has been hard for me to um, um, get them to prioritize it. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, because of course they can make it happen, but right. to get them to prioritize it, and I have seen this is a complaint, and I, I'll just say it. I do feel like trans people have to be very, very intentional. About prioritizing trans journalists, prioritizing trans creators that you work with, just like you know, just like Beyonce doing when it comes to oh, if I'm gonna be on Vogue, you, I'm gonna I get to pick my black photographer, my black woman photographer. Y'all have to do that as well because I know y'all want to get y'all want to get on Essence and be on CNN and all these these bigger platforms, but there are smaller platforms like March's Play. That would love to have you on. That care about you more than them, mm-hmm. <laughs> because we are trans, and this is your core community. You have to be very, very intentional about not looking at us as the little, small platform, and at least you know reaching out to some people, um, and and, be, and you know coming down off that pedestal and helping some of the trans journalists out. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you got to be really intentional about that. But um, I would love to have, because um, I got to make a new list, because I have so many <laughs> lists that I've done. I would love to have Amaya Scott. She wasn't on my original list, um, but I would love to have Amaya Scott. Um, I did contact her um, because somebody told me to contact her. <laughs> uh, somebody t- When the situation happened with her and the... Um, in that movie, in in the movie, the movie, and it's a couple of times when she she Maya Scott got attacked at a pride this year. Um, yeah, she what? got attacked. She got attacked by Boots Queen. Remember we talked about it?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah she got attacked by a butch Queen. So I contacted her then. Um, I contacted her about the little movie situation, and then I contacted her again. And again, something else happened like before that, and I just don't get a response at all. Any kind of response from her, and so. Um, I don't think it's shady. I just think it's, um, I don't think she might check her emails and it might be a, one of her agents or something to check it. And if we ain't talking about no money, it's like, uh, um, ugh. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? That's understandable or whatever. Um, but, you get what I'm saying? I have contacted her so I would love her. Um, I would love Yance Ford. Um, that's the director who was nominated for an Oscar a couple of years back. I would a trans trans guy. I would love to have Sean Coleman, trans guy from New York. I would love to have Ajane. Ajane old school, 90s face, femme queen.
4: Yay. Um,
0: I would love to have Ajane Or Tanay. Uh, or Tanay. Um, yeah. Um, I would love to have Javon Martin. I can do that. I haven't asked him, but I'm trying to wait. Um, What I've been trying to do, I try to have us do a show together and then throw once a month an interview in. But because Mia then went and got surgery, I had to keep pumping out interviews. (laughs) So I'm like, I had a little stash backed up. Now my stash is got empty, child. Um, (laughs) I got a couple of more in there, but um, but yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah, Javon, I would love to have um, Tori Cooper. Um, it's just a bunch of people that I think are amazing activists that are out here doing work that I want to share with y'all and mm-hmm. um, some more um, queer folks like gay men and lesbians I have some ideas on mm-hmm. um, them coming on and talking about talking. it's not like I just interview trans people but um, more just queer folks queer celebration um, I think I want to have Bevy Smith on as mm-hmm. well so mm-hmm. yeah just so many people so many people that I want to have on and we want to know from the audience like if y'all want somebody on Marsha's Play let us know and um, and like, make sure you tag them and hit them up and say hey you should come on Marsha's Play and let them know because if you get their attention they might come on through and respond, to, respond to emails <laughs>
1: okay. I was a little discouraged by um, like early on hitting people up Um, because I had hit and which is perfectly fine but I hit the trans man up that uh with the red hair um that was in the military who had the issue with um with them trying to make him wear uh, a. oh yeah and he said baby if it's not for a coin no he was no (laughs) basically baby if it's not for a coin girl I'm not there
0: he also Amen. was. He also was one of the people who were on um, that Native girls post, being real extra without even coming and checking mm-hmm. to see um, mm-hmm. what it was about, because he's yeah. black and Native, and I guess he wants to, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> get ally. I guess that's get an it. ally or whatever. So he also was one of those people. So you know. oh, oh, I
1: didn't know he had. A, oh,
0: yeah, he did have a pitchfork also. know yeah, he was being extra I'm, to answer the question... do fuck it. that
1: nigga.
3: <laughs> <laughs> to answer the question, I didn't get to answer it, but I had to think about it. I would like to have C. Riley Snorton. Oh, yes. Um, He's a book writer. An uh, author. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he also, I think he also has his PhD. Yes. Um... I don't know and what, but also uh, it's this guy that is the CEO of a prosthetics company. Uh, it's called Real Magic. They make like really lifelike prosthetic penises for trans men. I think that would be interesting. Um, yeah, those are my two. Oh
1: wait, and I got one more.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Ari Lennox. That would be Oprah. <laughs> That will fucking be over. So random.
0: For what though? Like that. <laughs> <laughs> now it has to be a reason that they're not just <laughs> Ari Linux. Why would Ari be relevant to our conversation? I was oh, wondering.
1: okay. So not just Ari Linux. Um, also Iggy and um. Hey. Like, <laughs> what? Yo, listen. Love it. Okay, so because they are allies in the community, there are are women um, our, that are allies in our community. Iggy has um, showed her alliance to Black trans women. Um, at one of her concerts, she brought out a Black trans woman and talked about. i talk
0: about Iggy Azalea. Yes,
1: we are. <laughs> we are and please, please.
0: I'm going to have to make the executive okay. decision. Iggy is what? never going to be on here. <laughs> no. What? Ari, Ari, yes. But Iggy, <laughs> No, <laughs> oh, That is a whole white appropriating woman. What? Australian. What? Appropriation. She's a white culturally appropriating white Australian. Okay. But she
1: is an ally.
0: I don't care She should be (laughs) All the money she making off our culture She is not gonna be On this platform Now Ari I love her her. She coming (laughs) (laughs) She don't need a reason I'm just asking I want you to tell me a reason She don't need a reason She gonna come She gonna come But Not no damn Icky Oh, Never Oh girl
1: (laughs) Okay so Wait I was was she's an ally also she talked about she was loud and proud about her um just about her alliance with um the lbgt community and then meg meg has also been a huge ally of the black trans community also um when that girl was beat by um that uh mob of people at the corner store she put it on her platform she was also put trans people in positions I, um, she's done a lot of things for the community and I think that I think there w- that would be a beautiful conversation too.
0: Yes Meg but I, I, there's a way I can bring Meg into the conversation and, and make it relevant because Meg mm-hmm. deals because of her size the type of the size woman that she is she's like 5'10, 5'11 thick stallion she gets a lot of really really um, massage noir when it comes to like that kind of weird transphobic kind of massage noir she looked Mm -hmm. like a man is it a man she gets if you pay attention to the comments that you know of course you get praise or two from dudes but if you look at the comments there's a lot of times that we see a lot of those transphobic tropes that um um and and I don't want to say transphobic but um massage noir Mm -hmm. misgendering um things that happen with Serena Williams Mm-hmm. That happens to Meg too, so I can I definitely would love to con- converse with her and see her thoughts about that. So I think Meg would be great. Yeah, I was
2: I was gonna say Mia's gonna be like, can you cut that out <laughs>
1: <laughs> about Iggy? <stop>. Okay.
2: <laughs> I was waiting for you to say like. Yeah, I'm full, full disclosure. Like, uh, like some of y'all catchphrases from this show. I will be sitting there, like, with the drink in my hand, I'm like, okay, I need someone to say it
4: <laughs> Yes,
2: come I on, was, drinking I game. Was, I do. I had. A, I, I was lame and made a whole list. And I was like, every time you say, like, "Can you cut that out?" I was like, "Drink." <laughs> I love
4: it. And every time Z will say that, like,
2: "Is this is something new?" I would be like, "Okay, I'm gonna drink that." Too. <laughs> like I just made all that stuff up, but I'm so happy that I got to be on the show and and got to be a host so thank y'all so much for
0: inviting me so let me ask you a question let me ask you a question as a listener yeah what would you want from us in the future how has your how has your well you told us how your experience has been so far but in the future who would you like to see us interview who would you like to what topics would you like to see us tackle that we haven't or something in another kind of way What would you like to see?
2: Wow. I think y'all cover a a broad range of everything. And even on specific episode topics, y'all really go into other things that are adjacent, which I think is like really important. And y'all have space to do that. So I can't think of like no specific topics off the top of my head, but I would love the idea of like, maybe like a, a panel of certain folks to kind of have a conversation about various things, you know, um, You know, they don't have to be big, high-profile celebrities or nothing like that, but people literally trying to get to roots of certain things, so, you know, getting to a better accord, I suppose. So, I think that would be a good idea, like... You know, now that we have Zoom and all this stuff, you can have up to what 10 people at a time having a conversation about something. Mm. So I thought that would be like a really cool idea. Maybe different people from different podcasts to help promote them and stuff, since y'all have y'all have like such a, a prominent force in the community. So I thought that
0: would be a really cool idea. Perfect. That's a great to idea. Make that happen. We will try to make that happen. We mm-hmm. want to thank you. For spending time with us, Zay, and tell the people where they can find you and your podcast.
2: Of course. Um, So, again, just in case y'all don't forgot about now, (laughs) Uh, my name is Zay Day, um, and you can find me on Instagram at pinkprincess underscore Zay. I'm going to spell it P-I-N-K-P-R-Y-N-C-E-S-S underscore XAY. I put the Y because Y chromosomes. It's more fun. Than <laughs> <that>. <laughs> (laughs) Um, And on Twitter, it's the same thing, minus the underscore, if you want to follow me on there. And then um, my podcast is um, Black to the Future, and it's available on Spotify, Apple, all the streaming platforms. Um, And you can just search on Instagram, Black to the Future podcast. That's literally it. I think on Twitter, it's a little different. I think it's BLK underscore the number two the future. So BLK underscore two the future. Mm so please follow me engage with me um shout out to Mikey my co-host um sweet 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 little butch queen that I love so much
0: (laughs) and I will put all of that down in the bottom for y'all to check them out Mia last thoughts on our four-year anniversary what do you want to say
1: thank you guys for tuning in to our fourth year anniversary we we're so happy to have you all again thank you um, just thank you <laughs>
3: oh. <laughs> All right. what about you Z that works um, thank y'all for listening to us throughout the years um, it's been a wild four years for me you know, going through two surgeries within one year then dealing with her surgery and just, yeah, I'll see us evolve. So thank you for joining us for the
0: ride. Mm-mm. I want to thank y'all for continue to um, engaging with our work and inspiring us and sharing how our work impacts your lives and impact, impacts your education about trans people, impact who you are as a person. I really really appreciate that. That type of feedback really really lets us know that we are, you know, changing culture one episode at a time. And so for me, that's what makes me feel good in what we are doing and we're going to continue to do what we are doing and hope that you continue to support and 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 enjoy the ride with us. We want to keep growing, keep getting better, keep sharing our stories so that you can come back and listen. Uh, with however long this thing is gonna go, and you can come back and listen. It'll be here for y'all to enjoy and share with somebody even younger when you get older. <laughs> so, thank y'all for listening to this episode, and we will see y'all next week. Now, everybody who's been with us Know that we're going on break in October. So, there will be some episodes, but they won't be um, like current. There will be stuff that we've already recorded. And yeah, so we are going to go on break in October. We want to thank all of the patrons. We want to make sure that you hashtag and tell us what you think about this past 4 years or this past year. And yeah. Thank you for hosting. <laughs> and thank, thank y'all. You. And I will talk to y'all. We will talk to y'all when we come on back in November. All right.
4: All right. Bye-bye. See you. Bye-bye.
3: That's diamond S-T-Y-L-Z,
0: at gmail.com And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye bye. You gonna say bye Mia?
1: Oh, bye y'all. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing's gonna be alright. Oh, don't you worry about a thing. Every little thing's gonna be, little 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 be little right.